augmenting your superpowers with high tech. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU Stern School of Business, author, quantitative futurist, and founder of the Future Today Institute. Welcome back, Amy. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks for having me back. Remind our audience, if you will, what it is that you do at the Future Today Institute. So I'm a quantitative futurist. My job is not to make predictions, but rather to try to reduce uncertainty. So I collect signal data, model those data to think through next order impacts, uh, develop scenarios that tell us plausible futures, and then sometimes develop the strategy to help us either mitigate risk or leverage opportunity. The number of people involved in esports has, is higher now than it, it's ever been, but some participants are augmenting their superpowers with technology. Explain the concept of robo-doping, if you will. Sure. So if you've ever played a video game before, you know that you have to just put in the hours and the time and sometimes learn special skills and combinations to get to next levels of the game. In the realm of esports, there's a lot on the line. Um, it's not just uh, having your name show up at the top of the leaderboard. You know, there are sponsorships involved and sometimes prizes, cash prizes for people who win certain tournaments. So the problem within esports is actually pretty similar to problems that we've seen in other real world sporting activities, and that is people are cheating. So one recent phenomena is uh, people are building special algorithms, special chatbots to help them level up inside of games. And most recently, there's a, a game, it's a bunch of different games, but that picture is sort of a stationary bike uh, where the more that you ride, the more time that you put in, the greater numbers that you produce on the, on the leaderboard. Um, and then you, you compete against others in the space. Um, elite writers would have to spend a significant amount of time and also be in terrific uh, physical shape to really compete um, at the uppermost levels. Uh, the other way to do it is to write a little program uh, <laughs> that goes in and simulates all of those rides for you and gets you the level up and the extra points that you would need to, uh, to come out on top. But robo-doping isn't just for esports. Explain how it might actually happen on, on, an, on the job too. So, you know, right now, a lot of us are working from home. And for some people, uh, their companies have forced them to keep their video cameras on, which I can't, it's like a dystopian Orwellian nightmare I cannot imagine. Um, but you know, some people have to have their video cameras on because their employers want to track that they're actually doing their work. In other cases, it's simply a matter of being online and, and showing that you are producing you know, a certain amount of work, whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, that too can be stimulated, uh, simulated. So we're starting to see instances of people, again, either creating uh, little workarounds to make it look like they're doing their work when really they're doing something else, or generating little programs to do the work for them, um, especially in cases where there are repetitive tasks. As you look over the time horizon, what are some of the scenarios that you can envision for both positive and negative applications for tech-aided advancements? You know, what's so interesting is that uh, in a lot of athletic communities, some of the 
more sophisticated instances of doping have meshed really well with some of the frontiers of biotechnologies. So the same drugs that were used by Lance Armstrong, for example, were like pioneers. That Those drugs were sort of on the very, very fringes of what is now much more mainstream biotech. As we advance into the future, you know, we're looking, we're, we're human. So we're always looking for ways to get ahead or to reduce our workload. And that will allow us to start gaining some efficiencies, but also probably cutting some corners. And we have to think about the negative <laughs> next order impacts um, as we start to use more of this technology. Do you foresee any B2B use cases for this? So if you're, again, this isn't sort of blanket for every single industry, but imagine that you're in the services profession and part of your billable hours structure uh, requires, you know, showing work. Uh, I could imagine a future scenario in which you're not billing crazy amounts of hours, but, you know, little tiny increments over a longer period of time. And, you know, that could have a compounding effect and start to add up. Um, but there are other performance enhancing situations. The more that we start to use technology uh, where we could gain a competitive advantage over somebody else. And that's not just about getting on a hacked, you know, hacked version of a Peloton or something like that. Um, you could imagine similar situations like a job interview where you're, you're using a, a facial filter to make you look more attractive um, or to soften your features, right? We know quite a bit about how we respond to other people based on how they look. So there are all different types of ways that we can sort of robo-dope our ways through work, uh, everyday life, and even, you know, sports. So basically a work-level example of a deep fake. You know, it's, uh, it sounds crazy. However, can you imagine, again, um, can you imagine using deep fakes in ways that would give you a competitive advantage, even if it's subtle, and even if it's on a sort of primordial level um, over somebody else? And then how would you really be able to prove that you didn't do that or that that did happen in, you know, in the future? It'd be confusing. You know, your example kind of made me think of uh, Tom Cruise in the movie The Firm, where they were incrementally billing each and every client. And this could, this could be a huge problem. You do a lot of research in this area, and it's pretty broad. If somebody wants to maybe get some additional information from you, maybe they want to understand the work that you do, how can people access the wealth of information you offer at no charge? Sure. So all of our research is free, and it's open source. So if you head over to uh, futuretodayinstitute.com, you can get more information about robo-doping, which is a trend that we've been covering, as well as all kinds of other research that'll help you think more critically uh, about the future. Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU Stern School of Business, author, uh, multiple times author, quantitative futurist, and founder of the Future Today Institute. Thanks again for joining us, Amy. If somebody wants to connect with you personally, is there a way to do that? I'm pretty easy to find a few. Uh, I'm, I'm Amy Webb on all the socials, except for TikTok, where I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Amy. Thanks. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.